Welcome to D-Next, the Innovation and Entrepreneurs Podcast, and I'm your host, Paul Kouidis. On this episode, we speak with Belgian-born but globally influential artist, Ozark Henry, on the life and times of an artist in 2020, the role of the entrepreneur, and the role of the artist in these transformative times. Okay, thanks for joining us on D Next. It's uh, my pleasure to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much to um, to have me. Happy with the invitation. I'm. I need to share with the listeners my quick backstory. I somehow, which is I think part of the magic of the world that we live in and the internet, was looking up something else completely unrelated on Google, and somehow found one of your videos and one of the things that struck me about the about uh, the song I heard and the video attached to it was just how progressive it sounded and how familiar it sounded and I think the song I heard was maybe a decade old uh, and then I just dove into your entire body of work and uh, it's been a incredible experience for me just to be I know the feeling now of what it's like to be introduced to a new artist so um, I uh, all of this is pure serendipity <laughs> Absolutely. and I know that we are speaking you to you today uh, you're in Belgium and uh, it is a super interesting time around the world but maybe you could just begin with giving us a little bit of a slice of life of what things are like in Belgium right now. I mean, how is the mood? Well, um, we're, we're in our second lockdown. Um, for some uh, for some professions, it means that the lockdown is still going on from the first one. I mean, not much has changed, especially for like the music industry, the whole entertainment industry. Um, when we were not in lockdown, we could only uh, organize uh, events for uh, max 200 people. And people, uh, and always in a way that people were sitting at, at, at some distance from one another. Um, uh, making that, um, surely festivals didn't happen and, and uh, whatever uh, makes the summer for an artist uh, a wonderful time. Uh, all of that didn't happen and then as soon as September we were back in lockdown and uh, well I think for the right reasons of, of course but it means that the music industry has been down since uh, early March and it looks like it's going to stay like that until uh, maybe next summer at least. Has it also been an extremely or profoundly creative time? It, it strikes me that one half of what we do as artists is to exhibit and to show people and there's a commerce attached to that. But of course the other half is the creation part of what we do. And sometimes circumstances lead to interesting creative incubators. Would you describe this? I mean, I'm, perhaps you can't speak for all artists in Belgium, but maybe for yourself or for your friends, is this also a creative time? Well, the thing is that 
fact that I have my own uh, workspace, I got my own studio, means that um, I could invest or have more time for my uh, personal work um, and try out things that I've been doing with immersive sound for um, for clients that I can now do for myself, which is interesting. But um, I think as an artist, you're also like an activist in a sense that um, music is your language. And uh, you may come up with all these stories um, um, and you may be like, I'd say like inspired because the way I work is, you know, I absorb, I absorb what happens around me and that comes out in my music. Um, but the fact that you cannot share it is, 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 um, is different to anything else I've um, I mean, experienced before. Um, I work as a goodwill ambassador um, in the fight against human trafficking. So um, I've been in situations which were um, uh, yeah, quite tense, so to say, um, and in situations that absolutely um, changed my view on, on life, on the world and so on. And that translated through my music or through my work. But at that time, I could also like use that language and talk to someone. Um, the difference here is that, you know, um, we're going through um, very special times. I don't think anyone has experienced anything like it um, during our lifetime. Um, or at least not anyone who was, I mean, born after the Second World War, I would say. Um, but the difference is that because we're like, we f it feels like you're cut off, you know. You you um, sort of digest what happens and, and it becomes part of your work, but you cannot share that work. And I think as long as the work is not shared, for some reason, I think it doesn't exist. So David Byrne from The Talking Heads has a seminal book called How Music Works, which um, has been around for a long time. And he talks about the performance structure of artists going from small clubs to big arenas uh, to individualized listening through iPods and whatnot and how that changed music and I wonder he may have never anticipated this particular scenario uh, of maybe artists making music for themselves or for five people or whatever the case may be but I suppose that out of this you know gigantic um, unintentional experimental incubator that we have, we shall see what the result is. But I, for someone like you, and I know you by a couple of different names, but I wanna talk a little bit about Ozark Henry, if we can. Um, can you tell me about Ozark Henry? Well, um, I started, actually, I, 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 I fell in the music industry by chance. Um, that may sound, um, uh, Weird because my dad was a classical composer, so one could say that music was very present, you know, from from an early an early year on. Um, uh, you know, if if we weren't listening to music, there were instruments in the house. We were all playing music, so you know, music was was almost one could say like my native language. But I never envisioned to be um, to have a life as a musician or a recording artist, and I was. Um, uh, working as a as a designer um, for a theater company in Amsterdam, 
And I always made my set designs had sounds to it. Because I think if you make a place, a place has a sound. Um, and somebody in the room, one of, somebody in the audience was interested in that sound of, of the design. He's, and he said, like, I, I consider that at that time, uh, um, the sound of my, of my, of the place I created, the staging. Uh, but the person who was interested said, was interested in the music. He said, like, whose music is this? And said, well, it's, it's this, you know, the, the, the set designers, it's part of his design. I, I wouldn't, I don't think he considers it as being music. And that was a talent scout. It was uh, Annie Rosebury who worked at that time for Sign, which is like um, a Sony, Sony Worldwide. And, um, and she offered me like, a, um, you know, to, she offered me um, a record deal. To, to my surprise, <laughs> quite honest, and, and which was interesting. I never thought of, I said like, this is interesting, never thought of. So I had to start from what would I do if I would make a, if, if, if I would make a record? And um, because I, I saw it from that perspective, not thinking um, uh, as me, myself being an artist, uh, I, I wanted to create like a persona you know, to, to put out my music. And, and, and that's how I came up with the name Ozark Henry. And which is, is, is a coincidence. I just had to come up with a name because the name needed to be in a contract. The record deal, it all went very fast. Um, I was uh, reading William Burroughs and I had a book with old um, photographs of which one uh, particular image uh, took my attention and it was had a title it was the Ozark Mountain family and because of course we all know that um, you know the um, main character in, in William Burr's books is, is his, his addiction and is mainly is, is named Henry you know? um, Henry from heroin and I, I liked to, to get the both names together Ozark Henry why because the, the image that I the the, the picture which was um, had the title the Ozark Mountain Family, um, had something very familiar and at the same time very something very uh, strange, something um, uncomfortable about it. And uh, I've always been interested in having both elements present in music. You know, I like it that, that there's a lightness and a darkness, and it all happens at the same time. I think it's how life works. You know, work you walk through. Uh, um, you walk through a railway station, you see so many people, you know, you, you don't see the depth of it, but sometimes you meet somebody and you know his story and then it becomes something completely different. I think that aspect of music I liked. So that's why I took the name Ozark and because music has always been like important to me and, and maybe I could say that maybe a bit of an obsession because I like music that much. Um, I, I liked to just, used the name Henry the way that William Burroughs would use that name. Do you, do you, I mean, there's there are other artists who um, have done the same and in many ways they've been, it's been this transformation into this new persona, this new dramatic mask that perhaps allows them some kind of an internal, maybe psychic license to be a different person and thus do different things and for you, when one goes through your just really immense and incredible 
body of work. At the same time, there is a very accessible, uh, very uh, 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 high uh, sort of caliber pop sensibility to it, which makes it universal and uh, accessible uh, and with within the zeitgeist of our times. And then at the same, on the on with, woven within that, are deeply complex uh, arrangements and musical ideas. And how, it, if it's possible, how would you describe that? How would you describe your work as Ozark Henry and the music that you do? Is there a description? Uh, I find that hard because when I when I started out, it was important to have a description, and because I didn't, the the, the I couldn't label it. Um, properly, um, um, I had a difficult start because um, after having the chance of having a record deal and having support of Annie Rosemary, who's a talent scout who also like, um, she discovered um, Carmel, um, the um, U2, bands like that. So, you know, so uh, coming from a country like Belgium, from the Benelux, because at that time my label was, um, Belgium and, and Holland, uh, that was a big deal. So um, if she said, you know, that um, that I had talent, then you know, you know, I, I I had the full support. But then starting out, I I made my music, which was influenced by everything I listened to, um, and I I I I like the fact um, that uh, sometimes you make something which has a complexity, but it's easy to listen to. Um, which has like and finding the right balance, which I think, which is pop music, you know, meaning that it can be like very, it can be accessible, it's very inclusive, but it doesn't mean it needs to be like simple. Um, I like that image of you know somebody walking on a rope, you know, if it's like one meter from the ground, you know, it's not that spectac spectacular to see that he's in he's in balance, he's able to do so. But if he's like 100 meters from the ground and there's no support whatsoever, then all of a sudden there's attention to that balance and it's the same balance. So, um, so yeah, bringing that in, how, how does one label it? I think it's pop music, but then for other people it wasn't. It's electronic music and it isn't. And um, I don't know, I think it's just, I think it's eclectic. I think it's eclectic pop music. It's pop music. It has mainly become pop music because it has shown that it can be popular. Um, I think the way that you know um, our classical composers are popular because they they were popular at their time. You no. Know? So, so this is my next question. Uh, uh, you know, is is this a good time for artists in 2020? I mean, would Bach or Picasso, for that matter? do as well if they had just started today in this climate uh, where ex uh, reach and accessibility sometimes are often instantaneous. I mean, viewing, you know, the, the perspective from an artist outward, uh, what's it like to be an artist in 2020? And do you think it was it, it's always been the same or is, is, this, is there something unique about this time? Well, if, if I could compare like when I started out and, and now is now it's very easy to put out your work, you know, but it's way harder to reach an audience. You know. 
that that is that is what I would say, you know. So it, it's I think so. It the fact that it's so easy to put out your work is is sometimes gives you like false hope and 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 you know having a chance that you're really talking to someone. Um, so and and I think all the examples of things that 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 do happen. Um, people who manage to reach like a, a bigger audience audience you know there's 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 always a real support behind that you know it doesn't it doesn't happen because you know the tools are there it doesn't happen because technology allows you to do it easily it doesn't happen because you know you could put your music on spotify it almost costs you no money to do so but you know um I, I did the test, you know. I, I put out something on Spotify without just, you know, without giving it any support, without really telling people or what is it? Nothing happens. Right. So, you know, so it's this idea that we can, you know, yes, there's so many ways to communicate, but are we still talking to someone? <laughs> well, speaking of which, do you think the world is ready for? the next big thing as we know it, the next John Lennon, the next Bob Dylan, or is that completely out of context with the world that we live in now? I mean, how do you think there's artists, let's talk about musical artists just for now yeah. in the pop culture realm. Are there modern versions of, you know, John Lennon or Bob Dylan out there right now that we, in your opinion? I'm not sure. I, I can. I, I think as as talents, you know, people who you know have something to share over a over a long term career. I think probably yes. Um, but you also feel that there's no interest in that anymore. No interest not, in their in that kind of a message, or no interest in the uh, auteur. In people following an artist throughout his career, you know, to 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 find um, the value in doing so, to find the value in, in you know, seeing an artist develop himself, become more mature, um, you know, better at what he's doing, you know, become deeper at at at, at bringing his message, you know, um, I, I see that there's like less of an interest in that, and then. Um, and then if there's like artists that um, later in their career still have that audience, you can always see that there's like a time that they've been out. So it's mainly because all of a sudden people discovered them as something new. Um, but I would say, it, which is different than, you know, I think when I was young, we, if, you know, if you're, you're, you know, you, you, I would say you grow up with an artist. You're, you know, you're, you have sort of, you feel like almost you have like a relationship with his work. You keep on following it, and you also feel that you sort of support that. Um, I think that element is, is, is um, I think it's less these days. I think kids will have that more than you know, an adult. In many ways, those artists I mentioned were a product of their times and they were inspired by their times which is not shouldn't be a surprise to anyone uh it, in what in your experience or even right right now what inspires you what how do you get inspired to make something meaningful that is 
different, hasn't been said before, perhaps has a message? Uh, are, are these the things that you calculate when you're creating something or is it more magical and divine than how I'm describing it? Well, the, the way I work is that, uh, you know, well, pre-COVID, um, um, I travel a lot for the work I do in immersive sound. So I come to many places and I travel a lot as a UN goodwill ambassador in the fight against human trafficking. So, so I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm in a weird position that I can go to the most beautiful places in the world in a sense that showing where people show, you know, what man is capable of doing. You know, and I also go to places where um, I see the absolute opposite. Um, which of course influences me as 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 a, as a person, and and <clears throat> and all of that comes back in your work. Um, but it doesn't. But it for me it doesn't work like that. That I I sit down and I think like, okay, I'm gonna write a song about Africa. I'm gonna write a song about loss. I'm gonna write a song about you know. I think it, it's just the way it works. Is you, you, it's processed. I just sit down and it just comes out like that. Most of the times, songs come out. I, I, it's like they just seem to happen, and then I work in it. I, I, I have an image in my head of how it should sound, and by the end that I finish it, you know, or, or, or in in the working process, I start to understand what the song is actually about. And then sometimes later on, I just understand that where that came from. Do you see yourself as an entrepreneur? And it, is there a big difference between entrepreneur and artist when you boil it down? And I don't want to lead you with that question, but no. But I, I think that I, uh, I, I, a bit, yes. I think if you're as an artist, if you're not an entrepreneur, then I don't think, then or or you have to find an entrepreneur, you know, who who, who sees business in what you do, or or you won't exist. So. So I think you need to be an entrepreneur. I think it, it, it always has been like that. I think Edward Munch, you know, was 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 more an entrepreneur even than an, than an artist, I would say. And and he was open in it, you know, he's openly said so. He said like I, he wanted to create like one one work, one body of work, one painting that everybody in the world would know. That was his dream. He wasn't interested in 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 you know having an uh, nerve having a career just you know one big hit single that was his that was his and then by chance it was the scream you know and it was because people saw something in it not because he thought you know this is he just thought like oh people react on it they really like it you know this something happens so he he, he i think he made like 20 versions of that painting until he had the final one the final one was the one that people reacted on spontaneous most so it's like writing a song and then figuring out you know what would be the um, the, the the way that people are most attracted attracted to it you know how that digests most easily that you know just helps it just become as popular as, as can be so and he that, was an entrepreneur yeah. well and that doesn't sound that different to how you know people like Steve Jobs uh, and Steve Wozniak uh, created what they created. It's a very, and I wonder if you put artists and entrepreneurs together, 
they could probably discover and learn a lot from each other that they do, which would enable, and as we reimagine what we need to do in the economy and society and the roles and labels that we put on a lot of people, which maybe served a purpose in time, but maybe not so much. We, we have a whole new generation of people coming up who um, haven't learned necessarily what those limitations are and don't understand why those boxes exist, especially in where everything is so fluid today that I think there's a lot to be said for that. Uh, as we come to the end of our time, and this has been a fascinating conversation and I think very inspiring for a lot of people who are looking at what's gonna be next and around the corner, is there anything that you want the world to know via your music or is there a is there a singular message in there like the scream that is something that we need to be told or would you rather have us discover it and tell you what it is well i think music is in a, is, a, is an amazing language to emphasize on what we all have in common and i think it's um the fact that we well you can look at positive or, or fact that we all suffer you know and we, we we try to get out of that suffering we're all looking you know to have a better life and um i think if anything would come out is just that is is that is empathy you know um i think we're all better off if it's all better for everyone and you know for a lot of people that it seems like a naive thought but but you know equality would change a lot if, if equality would happen but on, on all levels that that would change a lot and it has nothing to do with communism or or anything like that it's equality uh, um, means that you know that the empathy that you know one feels for you is the empathy that you could feel for another person so and, and if there's anything I think it's always it's always in, in, in music because it's such a great universal language. It's, it's democratic and, um, and it shows, you know, we all have a soundtrack to our life. You know, that, that's something we all have in common. You know, we all identify ourselves with music and, and you know, we all mark special moments in our lives, you know, with music. And so okay. music is not that's how I started. When I when I started, why would I make music? Well, I would make music because it's not my language. It's also your language. It's our language. It makes us come together. A beautiful idea and uh, inspiring way to end off our time together. Thank you so much for joining us from Belgium. It's been again my my honor and pleasure to have you on D Next. Thank you, Paul. It was. Uh, pleasure for me as well absolutely thank you so much thanks for listening to learn more about this particular episode or to hear any of our other interviews please visit us at dnextnow.com until next time